This is Scripture Read Badly. A podcast where two grown-up pastor's kids discuss the stories of the Bible in chronological order. Attempting to avoid heresy and generally having a good time. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Ryan. Sit back and rejoice. Today's verse comes from Proverbs 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So I will continue to eat tongues and tongues and tongues because they have a lot of protein and they have death and life, I suppose. If they're poisonous, you'll die. Don't eat poisonous tongues, thus says the Lord. Amen. I'm Jeremy, this is Scripture Read Badly. My name's Ryan, and this is the second half of our Jobcast. Yeah, Jobcast! So, we are just about to uh, get into the sandwich. Uh, The tongue sandwich? The tongue sandwich. Um, The sandwich in the middle of Job, either end of the narrative, is this massive poetic debate um, between Job and his mates, Job and his friends, question mark, um, great. So, as as we said last time on the podcast, um, we got all the way through. Um, Job said, "What I feared has happened to me. Crazy! Wow! I'm lamenting." And then his friends are like, "You're dumb." <laughs> so that's where we're up to today, um, and it begins with Eliphaz, and Eliphaz the Temanite uh, is. Basically saying the innocent prosper. That is his overarching theme of his first monologue. And in verse 17, chapter 4, he says, Blessed is the one whom God reproves, not the discipline of the Almighty. And I think that encapsulates the entire point of view of Job's three friends. Yeah. They're like, if this is happening to you, it's good because God is reproving you and you're blessed. Yeah. And you shouldn't be upset that God is disciplining you because clearly you did something worth disciplining. Yep. And it's almost like they start digging for what it is. Yes. Like, what did totally. you do? So you can repent of it. What did you do? You must have done something. Yeah, and so that's the thing. Their understanding is God acts in anger in response to sin, mm-hmm. um, which is a fairly normal point of view, I think. Yep. Even if you... Even if you're not a Christian, most people would think if you do something bad, God will do something bad to you. It's kind of like a a karma kind of thing. Uh, But Job's response is always something like, yes, I understand that, but I haven't done anything. (laughs) You don't get it. Um, They came from different lands. Obviously, they're they're Temanites and and whatever else. Um, But also, it said that Job's three friends came from where they lived. Yep. And saw him, so it's possible that these are people that he would see a few times a year, yeah. or or something like that. So they, there's plenty of time in between seeing him where they think, well, he was pretty good last time. Yeah, but, but this it, time it could have been something that he did. Um, and so they were probably racking their own brains. I wonder if Job ever said anything to me about something he did that yeah. he wasn't proud of, or if he ever did anything to me that that wronged me. Um, but at the same time, it's a bit of a jerk move that these guys feel so inclined to try and find the plank in Job's eye 
Not even the splinter. Nope. They're like, we want it, we want to go all the way. We want the the biggest thing that he's done because this is obviously in response to the biggest thing. So they're saying God is disciplining you, and you shouldn't be upset about that. The thing is, even though they have shed in his mourning and his grief, they haven't had this stuff happen to them. Nope. They still have their family to go home to they still have their property and their wealth and everything um, assuming they are prosperous and then the next section is Job and his response is my complaint is just and then the the next section after that is my life has no hope ooh so he's changed the perspective there from immediately responding to Eliphaz's accusation, saying, my complaint is just... Even though it was it was kind of like an implied accusation. Because yeah. he's like, if you're innocent, you will prosper. Therefore, maybe you're not innocent because you're yeah. kind of not prospering right now. Um, so then Job obviously responds that my complaint is just. And then he says, even though my complaint is just, my life has no hope. Yep. Which uh, is, yeah, yeah, which in comparison to what he did have makes a little bit of sense. Like, yeah. I'm an extreme optimist, mm-hmm. but if I had lots of kids and lots of stuff and then it was all taken away from me and my wife is just like, you should die, <laughs> maybe I would lose hope a little bit. Yeah. Like, his suffering and his hopelessness is kind of valid. Yeah. So then Bildad responds to No Hope by saying, Job, you should repent. Smooth um, move, champ. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I know Good everything opener. sucks, but you need to repent. Yep. Um, which, as a man, yeah. I kind of understand. Yeah. You see a problem. You want to fix it. You want to fix it. Um, and, yeah, it, it does, it kind of makes sense that he would assume that something was wrong, but then he kind of lacks tact. They all, They all lack a bit of... Grace and, and, and love. And if their bottom line is that God blesses the pure and the righteous, yep. and they think he's not righteous in this moment, that's the next step, I suppose. Because as soon as he repents, his children will be resurrected and his house will regrow itself. Yeah, right. Which may or may not be part of the crux of the book. Like, that's not how it works. Like, suffering's mm-hmm. different to what you think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then Job... Job responds to uh, the accusation of needing to repent by saying there is no arbiter or there is no judge who has control over everything. That Ooh. is that is his response there. Um, and that was his conclusion after saying things like, um, if God was just, then this wouldn't have happened to me because he knows that I'm, I'm yeah. righteous before him. Therefore... It must be beyond his control. Yeah. Um, wow. But then, if he has no uh, no concept of what's happening in the heavenlies, then he doesn't know that perhaps Satan went and said, "What about Job?" And God's like, "Do what you want." His conclusion is, if God has allowed this, then he can't be good. But if God hasn't allowed this, then he can't be fully in control. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. Whoa! Yeah, and that is it. Is a huge stumbling block for so many people when it yeah. comes to when it comes to God and faith. If God is all good, then 
he can't be all powerful. Yep. But if God is all powerful, then he can't be all good because of the, the bad things that happen in the world and the, the natural disasters and, and everything like that. And I was hearing about that on a, a podcast the other day. And that makes sense. Yeah. But the thing is, if God is all good, we can't understand all good. We can't understand all powerful. All we have is our little wedge of perspective yeah. where we are right now. And we are currently in the painting. Yeah. We are not the one. We're not the one with the brush. So, And we've seen some good. But we've seen a ton of not good. Exactly. So it's like, mm, you shouldn't be able to judge any of this. Exactly. So it's just so... It's it's very difficult, but then it comes down to the reason we believe is because of something that has happened in our own heart or something yep. that... An experience that we've had that is unique to us yep. um, that has proven to us that God is all good and he is all powerful and the things beyond our understanding are simply that, beyond our understanding. Yeah. Job is is right in the middle of it, and he is experiencing uh, evil. Yep. He's experiencing the worst thing that could happen, and at the same time, he's choosing to believe that God is all good, but then he's saying, if God is all good, then he can't be all powerful. Yep. So he's right in the middle of that argument. Um, and then the next section is his plea to God um, for, for the salvation. And then Zophar... Zophar says, you deserve worse. Oh, nice. Which is, uh, Thanks, bro. <laughs> Get out of my house. Thank you so much for sitting with me for seven yep. days in silence and for getting croaky voices. Yep. Um, but I don't want to hear what you have to say. Yep. If you're going to say that I deserve worse than this, because as far as Job's concerned, the only thing worse is death. Yeah. Himself. Thanks. And that is the very thing that God has forbidden. Yep. Um, so that's not very nice of Zophar. But I think I think what's so easy for us is with the big picture, holding the book of Job yeah. in our hands, we can see his friends and think they're wrong. Everything they say is wrong. But the thing is, we hold that same perspective yeah. at different times. All and the time. if we were... If we were the friends to somebody that had all this stuff happen, yep. if somebody just lost their child, would we give similar advice to, to these guys? We probably wouldn't go as far as to say, this is punishment for yeah. something that you've done. But we might still say things like, God prospers people that love him, which is, in a way, trying to make sense of and, and affirm to ourselves what we think we believe but also we're trying to encourage the other person but it doesn't it's just not true to that person at that moment Um, and truth isn't relative but uh, emotional truth can be different to physical actual truth so yes Um, Job's response is the Lord has done this so he's saying, you can't tell me that I deserve worse because God has God himself has done this to me. And he says, but still I will hope in God. Yeah. Which is interesting that he feels hopeless, but he still pleads to God and he still puts his hope in God. Like yeah. he still understands that God is creator. Yeah. In the midst of questioning him the whole time. Which, that seems uh, consistent with the Psalms. Yeah, and a lot exactly, of the Psalms. yep. 
Psalm 22, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? If that wasn't true, Jesus wouldn't have quoted it on the cross. But at the same time, God did not utterly forsake Jesus because Jesus himself is utterly God. So um, it, it gets a little... It's a little hazy there. Um, can't really understand that. But there's so many things, so many times in the Psalms where it says, "My enemies pursue me. My life has no hope. I am nothing." Yeah. But still, God. And yeah. it kind of turns it around. There's only two Psalms in the whole Bible that that don't end in a in a hopeful statement at yeah. the end. Um, bring it back to perspective. But Job does this, and then. On the tail end of saying, I'll still hope in God, he says, death comes soon to all, which is, I guess, his his conclusion is that it was going to happen one day. Yeah. So... And he had a good run. Yeah. Who knows how long he lived. Yeah. He had how many kids? Many kids and... One billion. Very, uh, very prosperous. So his, his conclusion is kind of a fatalist, nihilist kind of thing. Yeah. In the end... We have nothing. Death comes to everyone. Then Eliphaz responds, uh, you do not fear God. Uh, it, it just seems so contradictory. Yeah. Their perspective is so... They're so stubborn with the way that, that they see things. They refuse to have empathy yeah. for Job. And it isn't even that they, they can't have empathy because... If somebody is grieving, obviously they shared in the grief, but then they pulled themselves out of it yep. and were talking down to him instead of sitting with him still and considering things from his point of view. So, again, Eliphaz, you do not fear God. And then Job says, you guys are miserable comforters. <laughs> so true. The The ESV's title for that section was Miserable Comforters Are You. Yeah. That felt a little bit like Yoda. Yep, he's all over the Bible, that Yoda. He certainly is. Uh, And then the next section is, where then is my hope? So that's Job saying, you're bad at comforting, so where am I meant to put my hope? It's (laughs) as if Job, his heart wants so desperately to be positive and to, to look to God and trust in his goodness. But his friends are so negative. Yeah. And downplaying the goodness of God and and trying to accuse him that this is just another thing that most likely Satan has his hand in mm-hmm. telling these people to have this perspective of God because you know it's true and and I can't I can't disagree with that because I know it's true but at the same time let's throw some untruths yeah. or some lies in there and then will we'll pollute things and make it even worse for him. So then Job is experiencing not only this physical and emotional uh, weight of everything that's happened to him, but now his friends are basically being human personifications of the same same attitude towards, yep. towards everything. And then Bildad responds to where then is my hope by saying, God punishes the wicked. So he earlier on said Job should repent. And now he's saying, God punishes the wicked. So he's still in that same train of thought. And Job's response to that is everybody's favorite song from the 90s, My Redeemer Lives. Boom. A7, A7. With with a nice little D chord thrown in there in the bridge. Okay, so I had to play worship at this youth camp just recently. Yeah. Random tangent. 
and I was playing that song in Lithuanian, like, loving it. Like, I know this song, but I just don't know it in English. Yeah. And then some of the chicks were like, no, it's My Redeemer Lives. And I was like, oh, yeah, it is. I love this song even more. So odd. But um, it's interesting that he's like, there's no comfort in you guys, but yeah. I'm telling you that My Redeemer Lives and I haven't done anything wrong. Mm. Like, he's just... He still he keeps coming back to that. Yep. What's so interesting to me is that I am I'm a very emotional person. So when I feel things, I feel them deeply. So if I feel good, I feel great. Um, but if I feel bad, it often takes me a long time to process yep. what I'm feeling. And so it's probably what's happening to Job, except that he's continually feeling bad because his friends are putting him down. Yeah. Um, and saying lies, but. Job, the fact that he's continually coming through, it's as if he he really wants to to push through the other side. Yep. Um, so him saying, my redeemer lives, it's defiance of lies. Um, saying saying a truth in the midst of, of lies and accusations. Then Zophar says, the, wicked's, the wicked will suffer. And you want to know Job's response to that? The wicked prosper. Uh, Job's putting that in perspective. Perhaps even throwing the accusation back in their faces. Yeah. Like, um, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> if you're wicked, yeah. bad things will happen to you. If you're wicked, you will get whatever you yep. want. See what you guys have? See what I have? Yep. Yeah, there's uh-huh. a bit of a difference. Huh? Um, and then Eliphaz says, Job, your wickedness is great. Job responds with, where is God? So he's he's kind of gone into a bit of a, a hole there. Um, no thanks to Eliphaz and then Bildad says men cannot be righteous again with the 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 legalistic yeah heavy handed ungrace filled but and they haven't found anything specific no and who knows how long they've had this yeah. conversation it could just be like in three hours yep they just sing a part then sing the next part yep. and because when David sins and Nathan comes in and says your baby's gonna die and you did this wrong thing, and David is instantly like, oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Whereas this guy is just like, nah, and they can't find anything. Yeah. It's so odd. Yeah, it, it's, it really seems like God has not sent his friends to him. Yep. Nope. Maybe God sent them to him initially to, to mourn with him yeah. and to grieve with him, but then uh, Satan's agenda got in there yep. and messed things around. Um, so then... Bildad uh, says man cannot be righteous. Job says God's majesty is unsearchable. So he came out of that black hole and he said God's majesty is unsearchable and I will maintain my integrity. But then he follows that up with where is wisdom? Um, So there's lots of lots of back and forth happening in these in this sandwich in Job. Um, And then that brings us to chapter 29 and that is Job's summary defense so at the end of all of that arguing back and forth who knows how long that went on he says I don't want to hear from you guys in summary this is what I believe this is what's happened to me I feel like this yet God is good so I trust in his judgment but at the same time I'm questioning it because I don't know what he's doing and then chapter 31 is Job's final appeal to God and he's searching for something and anything to repent yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. 
it, <laughs> please say please, something. If I have done something, show me what it is so that I can make it right. Yeah. Can, oh, that would be such a devastating situation to be in, especially yep. when you have people there the whole time saying you're wrong, you're wrong. Because yep. I feel like if somebody was to to say that to me, you have done something wrong. You must repent. Yep. It won't take me very long to find something. Nope. I'll go, well, yeah, I guess I spoke pretty poorly to that person yesterday. Or in 95, so. I did this one thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. In 95, when I was one and a half years old... I stole uh, a cake, yeah. I suppose. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yet Job is like, what the hell did I do wrong? Just tell me so that I can make it right. And then in comes Elihu. Elihu. Classic. In chapter 32, this dude... Seemingly comes out of nowhere. Yep. It says, Elihu, son of so-and-so, comes out of nowhere and has waited for them to stop speaking because he is younger than them. Yeah. And that totally makes sense in uh, in ancient Near East society. It was very... And in lots of other societies at the moment, and it probably should be that yep. way in Western society, Definitely. the younger people should wait for the older people to finish speaking before they feel at liberty to say anything. The, the respect your elders thing, I think, has is really valuable to God and we've kind of dropped the ball a little bit. Uh, so Elihu comes out of nowhere and it says that he's angry at Job because Job justified himself rather than God. Hmm. And then it says he was angry at Job's friends because they were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's really interesting that uh, that Job is the first one that it, that it says that he was angry yeah. at. Because I'm sure if, if you walked up to somebody... And you saw that something was happening. Um, if somebody had an injury, say, you walk up to this group of people crowded around them, you would immediately think that person did something dumb or something bad happened to them. Yep. So they're the first person that your attention is drawn to. And then when you start hearing what people are saying, maybe they have terrible medical advice. Yeah. You're like, what the heck? And then you turn your attention to somebody that is in less dire straits. Yeah. Um, so initially he was angry at Job because I'm sure everybody would have heard about the bad things that happened to Job, you probably wouldn't have been able to see the fire of God and think that everything was hunky-dory. So then Elihu gets it right, and he shifts the focus back to God. So he starts out by saying, Job, you're dumb, because X, Y, and Z, this is where you're wrong. You're actually not looking at God. You're not treating God as God. You're treating him like a human being. Yep. And God is not a man, so you're wrong. And that is where your sin is. And then he turns to his friends, and you're like, what the heck have you been <laughs> telling this you? guy? Yo. And he says, I waited to speak because you're my elders, and I probably don't know as much as you, but if there's one thing I do know, it's who God is and how flipping amazing he is yep. and how dumb your understanding of him is. Yeah. And then these guys... Prior to the entrance of Elihu, uh, it said that they had finished speaking and the words of Job ceased. Yeah. You're like, well, oh. I guess he could have been standing there the entire time. Yeah. Just watching. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> I'm going to hold my tongue um, just in case. And then he finally is able to shift the focus back to God. And he speaks for f- six chapters. <laughs> just this massive rant about these guys being wrong and then putting it in perspective. God is good. God is just. This is who he is. 
And then God answers Job out of a whirlwind or a hurricane or a storm or whatever. I'd like to think of it as a hurricane because they're in the the land of Oz. Um, With some witches and some houses. That's right. Um, And Elihu's like the munchkin who just comes out of nowhere. Um, Anyway, so God answers Job out of the storm, even though Elihu was the last one that spoke. Yeah. Um, Because I think God said, well, finally... Finally everyone's quiet. Finally everyone's (laughs) quiet and they're thinking about me yep. they're actually looking at me and they remember who I am yeah like Mufasa yeah <laughs> remember <laughs> uh, and then he comes out of the storm and says so, where were yeah. you when I created the, the foundations of the world when I fabricated the <laughs> dimensions I think that's what the NLT yeah. says and I, when I, I think set up all the different things yeah. all the animals and all the seasons and all the doodads yeah <laughs> and job has no words and then nope. then god says are you me are, yeah. you, are you god did you do this did you because yeah. i seem to remember wait no it i did that you it was me <laughs> uh so god is i think if, if anybody that has absolute authority in an area yeah that you're trying to do something in and you, you suck or you have the wrong perspective comes along. Like if you were trying to solve a maths problem one particular way and you were convinced it was this way and you were telling yeah. all your friends it was this way and the teacher comes along and says, what the heck are you doing? <laughs> this is the formula. This is how you solve it. What I told you, you cannot solve it that way. Yeah. Exactly. You weren't paying attention. You've lost sight of who I am or who whatever the, the thing is. Yeah. And then he, he goes on to be like, I manage this and I keep this together and I manage this. Do you want to try? Like, do you want to try micromanage all of these things? Yeah. And and do justice for all of it. Like, yeah. keep justice going for all of them. And it's almost like, no, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> you couldn't do that. And you think you can figure out this small amount of justice exactly. between just me and you. Mm-hmm. So then in chapter 40, I've written a note here, Job decides to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Because Job was done speaking. Smart, yeah. But that was mostly because he'd run out of words. Yeah. And he was kind of set in where he was. And then God speaks, and he's probably... I, I imagine him pinned to the ground. Yeah. And he's just staring wide-eyed up in the sky. Or he's face down yeah. in the the ashes and torn clothes and hair that are on the ground. <laughs> um, and he says, I have no words to speak. Yep. Which I think is an ironic thing to say. Uh, nonetheless, he decides to to shut up. And then God talks about the behemoth. Yep. In chapter 40. Um, is the behemoth a cow? Is it a buffalo? Is it a hippo? I would hope it's a buffalo hippo. It's like a big old thing with horns and huge teeth that doesn't move so quick. That but would then be amazing. Does. Yeah. But then does it, does it go under underwater? Because if I it does, so. it would... I'm, just, I'm sure its everything. fur would be... Eats alligators. Utterly mad. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> there's... I, I like the poetic imagery, especially mm-hmm. in chapters 40 and 41, talking yeah. about the behemoth and Leviathan. I like the fact that we have no clue what they're talking about. Yeah. Because back then, there may have been these massive things. Yeah. Like, you know how we found skeletons of these yeah. giant creatures and mammoths and things? Was it a mammoth? Were they talking about a mammoth? Were they just talking about a cow? Like, 
Um, a lot of people will really speculate they are. No, he's just a really big cow. Um, or or was it something different? Yeah. Like, a, like a buffalo hippo. Um, a buffalo hippo. A buffalo hippo. <laughs> a buffalo hippo. Um, what do you guys think? Email scripturedbally@gmail.com and let us know. Or send us drawings of a buffalo hippo. Yes. That'd be lovely. Do that. We would love that. Uh, and we'll even show it next week on the show. Yep. Um, because we have the possibility. We have the technology. We have the technology. <laughs> You'll be able to see it. We'll make it some... We'll post A tweet it. or something. Yeah, we'll post it on our page. Okay, chapter 41, Leviathan. What do you have to say about Leviathan? This fire-breathing, water-dwelling serpent. Was it Nessie? Well, yes. <laughs> definitely. That's why we can't find it. But I have a note in my Bible that is written, is this evil slash Satan? Like, is Leviathan, like, mm. the force of evil and death that God's like, and I can control it, but you can't? Because suffering happens and we can't really mm. stop it. But then reading it this time, maybe it's just his poetic way of saying there's forces that be that you know nothing of, but I do because I have the biggest perspectives. Well, maybe they know something of it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, just like our lives. We know a little bit of suffering and we know a little bit of good, mm. but we don't have the entirety of it. Yeah. And we know a little bit of God, enough that we need to. So today when I was reading through it, I was like, no, now I'm confused because old me thinks this and new me thinks this. So I'll mm. think about that some more. But it dragon? also... Yeah, it could be a dragon, Dragons. definitely. And I was thinking about that the other day. I was reading something, and I was like, who came up with dragons? Yeah. And how do they blow fire? Anyway. Yeah. So I Googled that. Um, but, um, <laughs> so you, were, you ended up on Wikipedia for I, dragons? Yes, and- I did. And brimstone <laughs> and everything like that. Uh, but then watching the tensions that God talks about, like, the world is good, but it's not perfect. The world is ordered, but it's also wild. Mm. That the world is beautiful, but it's also dangerous. Yeah. And it's complex. And... Like, suffering is a side part of life that has never been a thing that God's like, oh, now that you love me, you'll never suffer again. Like, yeah. his son came to earth and just suffered. That's all he did. And, and he even promised it, and I think that is... Yeah, exactly. That's probably he be- promised suffering. Because a, a, perspective, a perspective of of other cultures back then probably would have been, if you were right with God, then you will not suffer. Yeah. And that's exactly what Job's friends are saying. Yep. So And, like, then there's the tension behind that, too. Like, God's principles are good, so when you follow them, good things can come out of that. Mm. Like, all the Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy stuff, the Jews had these amazing principles that did prosper them, but at the same time, random deaths occur. Yeah. And it's not that God's bad or unjust, and it's not that he's not in control either. It's just we don't have the perspective of eternity Mm. and at the same time it kind of points to when your friend's babies die don't be a jerk and like point out their sin just like sit with them yeah seriously do do what job's friends did at first don't do what they said just sit don't do what they did at second yeah now uh speaking of sitting i want to sit in this uh the topic of dragons for a yeah cool for a few minutes um so dragons are something that many people have many opinions of. Most people would say they're just mythology. Um, 
or something to that effect. Some people say that they were dragons. I mean, sorry, dragons <laughs> were dragons. Surprise. Dragons were dinosaurs. Um, and they got wiped out with flood. Yep. Maybe it was a story carried on from the flood, or maybe Job happened before the flood. I don't know what happened, but probably not. If it did, then it was much before Noah. Otherwise, yep. he would have been listed among the righteous people at the time of the flood. Um, but we're getting off track. So dragons... <laughs> could have been dinosaurs oh um, or dragons uh and this is a this is a uh, a point of view that i don't know if i ever heard it anywhere maybe i came up with it myself but i don't want to take full credit of it if it's right and i and i didn't hear it from someone else but perhaps dragons uh because they pop up in a lot of ancient cultures the, the mythology of the dragon. You see them in the, the Chinese dragons. There's the uh, the British dragons, the, the one that St. George slew. What um, a beast. And then there's Leviathan. There's the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, there are the Bunyips in, uh, in Australia. Oh, yeah. Um, which are supposedly dragon-like things that still sheep and eat them and Classic stuff like that they and there's sheep. a whole bunch of Nordic tales of dragons and um, and then the Mothman in West Virginia yeah that's like a dragon it's exactly it's the looks same. like a moth um, so there are there are lots of these ancient cultures that, that claim there were these dragons that that were killed or they had something to do with evil yeah um, so then I got thinking about whether or not these dragons these physical Beasts could have been the physical manifestations of a spiritual presence, yep. like an evil presence. And maybe someone like St. George, who was a saint, so you'd think that he had a pretty good relationship with God. And a sweet holy sword. And a sweet holy sword killed this dragon. You'd think that him having the authority and the backing of the living Christ... Yeah was able to kill this evil beast that was a, oh, a dark yep. presence and then cast it out. Yep. So then the villages were no longer terrorized and Trogdor was no more. Um, so I don't I don't know if if that is true, like in all these ancient cultures, whether these dragons have gone from being these physical things if they were never actually killed physically yep. to just taking on different forms throughout the ages. Um, which is why I've never been able to find a skeleton of them, but we have all these stories, or if they were hallucinations, yep. or something like that. But I like to think that it was a physical manifestation of a, an evil spiritual presence. Yep. Um, I like to think that because it's a pretty cool image of having somebody kill it and then all of a sudden just get swallowed up, implodes into this swirling black... Into butterflies. Darkness. into And then explodes into butterflies. Boom. Um... And thus, (laughs) look up Trogdor. (laughs) Trogdor is amazing. Um, Yes, we will. We'll put out a a photo of Trogdor. Yes, because he is so bad and so good. Because he was a man or a dragon man, or maybe just a dragon. (laughs) Just a dragon. Uh, But he was still Trogdor. Um, Great. So we've talked about Leviathan, but it has this awesome, uh, this awesome description of it. Its tail is like a cedar. Well, obviously that's not an elephant because the the tail's like a paintbrush. Um, It's a brontosaurus. It could be a brontosaurus. That would actually be be pretty cool. 
except brontosauruses don't live underwater nope. or the bump that we knew of. Um, and they didn't breathe fire. Oh, that would not be fun. Um, nope. So, yes. Dragons, what do you think? What do you think about Leviathan? Was it real? Was it not? Was it physical? Was it spiritual? Tell us. Um, okay, and then Job 42, Job repents Boom. of the his epilogue. heart response. <laughs> the other side of the sandwich. Um, he repents of his heart response to the things that have happened. Um, which I think is the most beautiful part of the whole book when he finally he finally understands that not only does he have no control but God actually does have control he is all powerful and all good um, and I think that is a, it's a testament to his integrity and I think that's why he was listed among not only in the Bible itself but listed among uh, other paragons mm-hmm. as uh as Noah Paragons Daniel I like saying Paragon um, whether or not that's the correct pronunciation because it sounds like Aragon I don't know what a Paragon um, is but it sounds so good me neither I learned it from my ESV study bible <laughs> uh, great okay so then not only well because that was God rebuking Job the whole time yep. for like three chapters of intense you are not God I am God I am God um, then God rebukes Job's friends Good. Could you imagine being one of Job's friends at that moment? Nah. I would I would probably tear my clothes, shave my head, sprinkle dust on my head toward heaven and fall down the ashes and worship. Yep. And then that's the last we hear of Job's friends. But jo- uh, God never rebukes Elihu because he was... Dope. He was dope. He was the guy that... He was just the man. He was the, he was the man. He deserves kisses. He does. Um, and then, chapter 42, verse 10, we see that Job gets twice as much stuff that he had at the beginning. That's a whole bunch of new children. That is That's ten take a new while. kids. Um, seven sons and three daughters. And it actually lists the number of sheep and cattle and everything. It was more than 17, it was which is quite enough. More than 17. I wouldn't be able to handle 17 sheep, let alone 17,000. Nope. Um, then it says that he lives for another f- 140 years. What? This is ridiculous. And he saw four generations of his new family. That is beautiful. So one thing to, to point out here is that his wife never died. Yeah, take that, wifey. So he had 10 more kids by his wife. I wonder if... Yeah, okay. Um, That's pretty good. And they had many, many descendants. Um, okay, so another another historical context thing here. If he lived for 140 years after this happened, one must assume that he had lived for at least 50 or 60 years. Easy. Um, and if he, I, I don't remember if it says how many kids he had initially, but um, if it was twice as many, then maybe he had five. If that's the case, for them to all be grown up and have families and, and all that, then... Yeah he'd probably be 60 or 70, right? Yep. So if that's the case, then he'd live to be 210 years old. Which is way more than the 120. Exactly. Way more than Moses. So yep. it has to be before Moses. Abraham was only 140 or something like that. 160. Yep. I don't know. Unless it was um, 
poetic, and seven is the complete number, so ten times seven, and then double it, double 140. So that's double complete Whoa. in the poetic sense. But if it's real, that's still a long time, and it was written a long time ago, or yeah. at least spoken a long time ago. I like that, but at the same time, it says he saw four generations. That is a good amount. So uh, you'd have to think if it's if it's 20-odd years to a generation, yeah. then that's at least 80 years. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Was a man. Damn, damn, yeah. damn. Uh, so that that is Job. That is the book of Job. Uh, Jeremy, any any concluding thoughts? Uh, so taking away from this that um, God is complex. Yep. And life is complex, and the idea that just because I love God and follow him and let's say in theory I was super righteous and didn't sin so much mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't mean I'm not going to suffer and that is totally seen in people around me who are quite righteous but still not perfect and not not suffering yeah. and the opposite is also true like non-believers and faithful righteous people aren't always blessed or aren't always cursed and so that whole logic doesn't make sense yeah. And then our human limited thinking can't really make any statements about God that we can't see in the Bible and in Jesus. But there's a tension behind that because a lot of people that I have big um, boundary arguments with, like gray area arguments with, are just like, no, nah, we don't know that. We can't understand that. That's beyond our understanding. And it's about things that I think we can understand. Hmm. And so I think we use that as, a, as an excuse sometimes. Yeah, no, that's out. just the mm-hmm. mystery of God. And I definitely think there's mysteries of God, but I definitely think the fact that Jesus came and was us means that God wants us to understand him at least that much. Yeah. More, yes, but at least that much. Mm-hmm. And I think we can learn a ton about God because of that. And it's also funny, the original hearers and the original readers of Job didn't have Jesus, or arguably did not have Jesus. Yeah. And so they could have shared the whole God is a mystery and God does this and this and gives us that. But it's funny that now we do have Jesus, we still get into the prosperity gospel stuff a lot. Yeah. Which is like, if I pray enough and I give too, enough to the church, mm-hmm. then I'll get three cars and whatever. Yeah. Which I think is just laughable. Your thoughts? I wouldn't want three cars. That's my first thought. What um, if you had a Porsche and a bike and a boat? That's three cars. Um, I guess if... Modes of transport, you know. <laughs> it's like, Same a different. Yeah, all right. Yeah. It's like saying I have three apples, but I really mean an <gasps> apple, a watermelon... I love watermelon. And a grape. Oh, one grape. Uh, just a single grape. Um, yeah, my thoughts about Job are that... I can relate a lot more to Job's friends than I thought. Yep. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Seeing people go through suffering, it's it's easy to uh, to lack empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that I have learnt a lot about, um, or have at least learnt some about how to respond to suffering. Yep. From Job's example, good or bad, um, and. On top of that, I have also concluded that there is a lot of questionable statements made in Job. Um, So if you were to take a sentence or a paragraph or a phrase or or a chapter even of Job, you may, out of context, then you may end up with some wacky um, perspectives. 
some wacky perceptions of of God, and I think that's a really uh, dangerous thing to do. Yeah, um, in general. So reading through the whole of Job, um, I think it's important to to realize that we cannot understand God. God's ways are above our ways, and even uh, I thought it was pretty cool thinking that the the concept of the Council of Heaven was something that humans created to explain yep. why God did things because God didn't explain it. So yeah. that's a it's an interesting thing to, to conclude. Uh, yep, what do you guys think? Tell us on Facebook or Twitter or email scripturereadbadly at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to see uh, your best picture of Leviathan. Um, oh, yeah. Or a dragon or behemoth. What was it? Buffalipolo. Buffalipolo. Also, a side point, like, credit is due. Please go and watch The Bible Project. Their video on Job was quite entertaining and informative. Hmm. Um, I think that's all I want to say about credit. And you can read my work at anotherunnecessaryblog.wordpress.com. And you can read mine at don'teattrash.com. Feel free to start in the sidebar. The current ones are weird. (laughs) Uh, Yep. And aside from that... I love you, yo! (laughs) We will be... We will be... We will be... We will be napping. We've been podcasting too long. Uh, We will be back next time. uh, Back to Genesis, because this has been a a slight detour into Job, because uh, we thought we'd put him right before the the Tower of Babel, so that we didn't get him too close to Abraham. Um, also, this is where the timeline that I looked up on the internet <laughs> told me to put Job, so it's their fault if we're wrong, uh, but you can tell us. Yeah, thanks, internet. We would love to hear your answers to any of the dumb questions that we asked today. Definitely. Any of the good questions as well, and any questions that you have in general, if you want to uh, send them to us, that'd be great. Interact with us on Facebook and Twitter. We're always asking questions and getting your getting your input. So, uh, we'll be back next time on... Let me try that again. We will be back next time on Scripture Read Badly. Goodbye. Goodbye.